0: Hello and welcome to the Football Heavy Podcast, brought to you ad-free from Heavy Inc. We are here to talk about football.
1: Boy, has a lot happened in the last week plus since we've been here. Literally the day that we last recorded, John Gruden got fired. Obviously, that's put the league in an uproar in a weird way, Um, probably in an overall good way, although it doesn't look like we're going to see any more of those 650,000 emails uh, that the NFL turned up in its investigation anytime soon. I'd be shocked if they released any serious amount of them, um, especially since you're just hearing that no one else is implicated in 650,000 uh, emails. But That's the, suspect. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but the Raiders uh, played good on Sunday, and Gruden is uh, Gruden is terrible. He was terrible when he left the Bucks 10 years ago. Um, I've consistently said this since he was hired back, and I'm not talking about the man. I'm just talking about his, his coaching. Um, a man stuck in time when he, quote-unquote, resigned from the Bucks in 2000. I think it was 2010, 2009, 2009, one of those years. The the Raiders signing him to a 10-year deal was stupid, and it's hard to not suspect that the Raiders had a role in this leaking. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: Because, all right, so let's just say you have 650,000 emails, right? That's crazy. It's an insane amount of emails, Right. Now, the NFL's an old boys club, right, in that guys that are in it tend to have relationships within it for as long as they're in it and after, right? So let's just say out of those 650,000 emails, each one of the 32 teams had at least one email under their banner for that seven-year period that they don't want out. Let's just say that, let's just one, just one email, right, regardless of what the content of it is, including the Raiders, right? That means that the Raiders are in on the cover-up. Right? And I'm literally just saying one email, whether it's a John Gruden email or it's someone else's email it doesn't matter, right? Just I guess it, John Gruden got out it. so we have to assume it's someone other than Gruden who has a bad email from 2011 to 2018 and um, the Raiders know about it and they don't want that that email out there, right. So then how does Gruden stuff get out there? Granted he was not a raider when the emails were sent allegedly. Um, right. Well not allegedly, but uh, that there's not more since he's joined the Raiders. But how does that one thing get out? But all this other stuff's gonna stay under wraps. Someone had a bone to pick.
0: That's, sure, it doesn't yeah, have and to they're be the probably Raiders. picking and choosing, right, what they want out, whoever that may be.
1: So far, it's just Gruden. They're al- they're already putting the story out that no one else was incriminated,
0: which is that's insane.
1: So John Gruden was the only dumb racist and I guess, uh, in Bruce the NFL. Allen. That's insane. Bruce Allen wasn't incriminated as saying racist stuff. Mm. In, never in the, and I don't know that he didn't because we haven't seen the emails, right? But never in the talk about this was there a racist dialogue between Allen and Gruden. It was Gruden saying racist stuff, right? So you would think for them to just cram home the negative Washington culture, they'd also throw Bruce Allen under the bus if that bus was there to run him over. They they do not, right? They'd never say that there was a, a, a racist dialogue. It was just Gruden saying what racist, homophobic, chauvinistic things. Um, but, There's no way that John Gruden is the only racist, chauvinist, homophobe in the NFL that was dumb enough to put that in an email in 2011 and 2018. It's not possible. That's literally impossible. So obviously there's some level of a a, a handshake understanding or a a nod and a smile understanding between these 32 owners who are the NFL. right? Mm -hmm. They they are the NFL. There's no, no bones about it. And yet Gruden's out. Because a 10-year, $100 million contract that you're three and a half years into looks terrible. You don't want to deal with him anymore. So, you, so you, lamb to slaughter. His conduct will get that contract null and void. Guaranteed. And the Ra- the Raiders were smart for doing it, but they should have never signed him in the first place. And also, you know, his behavior is deplorable and gross. I'm just saying he's probably not the only one. doesn't make what he did any better.
0: Very safe to say that he's not the only one. But the
1: Raiders look good without him because... They looked... Like, like a modern NFL offense.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did not skip a beat. If anything, they looked better than they had in the couple weeks prior. And
1: Denver, at Denver's weird. Denver has been the definition of what, I don't I don't want to say playing to their competition because they steamrolled teams like the Jets and the Giants, right? Like it wasn't like they made those games close. But they have not, I guess they, they might be the barometer for whether or not you're a good team. If you're a bad team, Denver's beating you up. And if you're a good team, you're, you're beating Denver up. That, that might be the six weeks in, your uh, litmus test for who is a good team and who isn't. And I, from top to bottom, it's hard to say the Raiders aren't a good team. Are they a Super Bowl contending team? Absolutely not. A lot would have to change for that to, to even remotely be the case. But they're totally, potentially a playoff team. Um, and I think them losing Gruden, not that losing your head coach is ever ideal and it's not something that you have to just overcome on top of your opponent and everything else that you have to do in the NFL. But Gruden's gone. The, the sky's the limit. Assuming that Carr has a good understanding of what is essentially going to be the same offense, right? Then why can't this team function the same way that it has? Gruden already had little to no role in the defense,
0: and that defense is playing pretty good. Right. Now, talking about the Broncos, again, it's hard for me to get a read on them. And this week, kind of more of the same because they're going against the Browns, the beat up Browns on a Thursday night. And I don't really know what to expect from either team.
1: I think the Browns are essentially going to get... I'm not going to say they're going to get steamrolled because I don't think that... Like, their defense is still okay, uh, Cleveland's defense. So I don't think that Denver's going to, like, light it up on them. But I don't see how... I guess if Mayfield plays and he's some semblance of himself and because Landry's looks like Landry's coming back, Beckham's on the field, if they can throw on what is a good Denver secondary, then um, maybe Cleveland makes this a game. I still don't think they're going to win. Because at the end of the day, Cleveland wants to run the ball, and they're not going to be able to do that the way that they want to, even if Terrence Johnson is a reasonable fill-in for uh, Hunt and Chubb, because two alignment are also likely not going to play. that It's a major problem, and Denver's defense is respectable, right? Like, I think their secondary is probably the best part of their defense, um, but that just speaks to them having a hard time moving the ball in the first place because they're going to want to do it through the air, one would assume.
0: Yeah, well, they got knocked around last week by the Raiders.
1: Denver did, yes. Um, and just look at what the Raiders want to do. The Raiders can throw the ball and have thrown the ball with reckless abandon four out of the six weeks this year, but they do want to run the ball, and they were able to do that too against the Broncos. But the Raiders are largely healthy on offense. I, I, this one's hard to call. The Broncos are obviously the better team when healthy. But I'm sorry, the Browns are obviously the better team I when healthy. But the Broncos aren't a, aren't a pushover, so if the Browns are going to play like a bad team, which they certainly did against Arizona, and granted they got popped in the mouth by Arizona early, Ooh. Denver's probably going to win this, you know, handily in a one-possession game. That that would be my guess. If Mayfield comes out and looks like, you know, what he looks like a third of the time, which is big-time, big-game Mayfield, then, you know, maybe the Browns can squeak out a win. But
0: Okay, so I'm looking at the injury report, and it's half the damn team
1: yeah and it's all offense almost all offense
0: according to their site baker's out now out
1: for the game or out for of practice today
0: game status out
1: so then they've probably already ruled him out which means you're getting the case keenum show with no running game so if 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 this was everyone's healthy and case keenum's just playing for baker i actually would still probably pick the browns because you know they're going to lean hard on that run game right and give case um oh my what, God. good. Chubb like, would
0: have twenty five carries. Just ugh, come back. Kareem Hunt would come kick back, in Nick. another. He'd probably get fifteen touches.
1: I think there's a shady chance that Kareem's missing like five, six, seven, eight wow. weeks. Um they're not saying that, obviously. No, they're gonna but keep they're close not, to the vest. But they're not t- saying it's only a few weeks. They just keep saying extended injury. Right? And usually it's a calf, right? No, Chubb is a calf. Uh oh. Chubb, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hunt, what does Hunt have? Does it say on that injury report? Because Chubb so <laughs> this is how one I don't
0: even think he's listed on it.
1: Hunt? It's pro- it's because he's on IR. Right. Okay. So, so they he- don't have to they they don't have to give him any status. Let's see if I can get some info here on Hunt. And um Chubb, <laughs> this is why you can't trust NFL head coaches. Uh, Stefanski, um, longtime um long time O coordinator actually no not longtime offensive assistant and then mm-hmm. first year coordinator now turned seemingly very good head coach um he said last week when they ruled Chubb out on Friday that uh there's no way this extends past one week and here we <laughs> <laughs> here we are and uh Chubb is sitting but if you're the browns um and you know that baker is not going to be out for weeks on weeks on weeks and he's probably going to miss this week it sounds like and hopefully he'll be good to go next week I think that where your team's at, you have to play the long game and just maybe we can pull out a win against Denver on Thursday night. Maybe we can't, but we do have big aspirations, right. and one game's not going to cost them that. Now, they do play in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL, and they do have to play the rest of the NFC West, if I'm not mistaken. Seattle, uh, hopefully they get them when Russ isn't back. Uh, San Francisco... And um, who else? What's the other team in that division? Oh, and, and the Rams. So um, there is the possibility, unless that's – they might not have to play that whole division. Because there's, you play one team from an NFC division, like the Giants right. are only playing the Dolphins and the Eagles are only playing the Bills. Um, so now – no, the Eagles didn't play the Bills. The Eagles played the – They play the Jets. They play the Jets. Oh, wow, that's oh, – good for them.
0: That's what last place gets you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the Jets? That's that's a nice treat. Um they might not actually have to play. I'm trying to think now. What a AFC- Baker Manziel
0: might light him up.
1: No, they no. <laughs> no. Um late in the
0: season, he's feeling himself. They got the offense going and he throws all over that defense. No, looking ahead for the Browns, they've got the Steelers next week, Bengals the week after, Patriots. Lions, Ravens.
1: Okay, so then they play the NFC North. Actually, they definitely play the NFC North, um, which means it's uh, they what they still have to play the Packers. Uh, the Lions should be a win, I believe. They haven't played the Bears yet, and they have played the Vikings. Right? They they beat the Vikings.
0: They beat the Vikings. They've also got the Raiders late in December. Mm.
1: See, now all those games sound fairly competitive, but teams tend to fall off in the second half of the year. Show you who they really are. Um, I guess that could be the Browns if they stay hurt. But my AFC Super Bowl pick—I I, don't—I don't think this is going to kill them this week. It might kill them. They're probably going to lose to the Broncos. In truth, I don't want anything to do with this game if I had to pick it. But if I had to, I would—I would pick the Broncos because um, the Broncos play consistently. If nothing else, they're consistently playing the same game plan and executing it every week. Um, and it's—it's an—it's a game plan that will win um, a close game if your defense and offense make a couple plays, which they're good enough on both sides of the ball to do. The uh, Texans allegedly want Deshaun Watson traded before the deadline. I can't imagine why they would want that, but to me, the bigger question is who's taking him at this point in time with no clarity on whatever's going on off the field at whatever price Houston is allegedly demanding, which sounds like what, three ones and two twos, right? Like, sorry, I can't. I'll take him for that after the legal trouble is weathered and he comes out of it on the other side uh, ready to play. But until that, I'm, I'm not paying that. But that obviously is probably their cost. Um,
0: per longtime Texans beat writer John McClain, the Dolphins are working on a trade for Deshaun Watson and a deal could be done as soon as this week.
1: They have till the twelfth, correct? Not the twelfth. Uh the Yeah, November twelfth, right?
0: For some reason the eighth stuck out in my November mind.
1: let Let's see here. This is a trade deadline article I got in front of me. Do they say the date? Uh November second. It's oh. the deadline. Oh. So, so that takes even us more urgency. Next, yes, that takes us to next uh two weeks from yesterday. Um, I believe is the second. So you have um What a two week window to get this done, which is more than enough time to move a talent like Watson's if again, it's a big if if there's a team serious about taking him on. Now, if I'm the Dolphins and I think that I'm Watson away, which they actually haven't shown that they are. But, you know, let's just say he certainly is a is a roster elevator. So they, they would have that on their side. Um, I'm still I'm I'm wary because you. How long am I losing him? Am I losing him for six games? Am I losing him for a season? Am I losing him for multiple seasons? Is he going to jail? What kind of um, things? It's all are, up in the air, right? What kind of things are going to come out three months after I trade for him that we don't already know? What gruesome details that are going to make me want to not have him on my roster at all? Because now I've got to weather the storm of whatever the story is until until the NFL levies a. Uh, penalty against him I would not I'd have no interest because the NFL has shown to be what reasonably inconsistent with this and if it the story makes them look bad enough they're going to throw the book at him in a way that you're not going to be able um to stomach and then there's the public opinion the legal uh opinion of it hell whether or not you actually want a guy of his character depending on what he did or didn't do on your team all that stuff Call me back. You want three ones and two twos. Call me back after you've weathered the storm mm. of Watson um, going through all this nonsense. But uh, someone else will probably beat you to the punch. So if you say, "Hey, we're Deshaun Watson away," maybe maybe you you do it. I don't know. I just if I'm the Dolphins specifically, there, <sighs> Tua is not a bad quarterback, and I understand that he's not Deshaun Watson and will probably never be. Tua has not really played this year. You had him in a scheme last year that was not fit to his skill set. He looked productive in Jacksonville. Maybe if you actually ran an offense that allowed him to open it up a little bit more, they would have put up more points early on Jacksonville again.
0: I was rooting hard for those Jags.
1: I was too, but I couldn't help but notice that everything that Miami tried to do seemed predictable, especially in the second half, seemed predictable and um, easy to defend, and Jacksonville's defense has not been very adept this season. So um, you took advantage of Jalen Waddell being the most uh, athletic player on the field, on, on whether it was the Dolphins offense or the Jaguars defense, and he obviously had a huge game. But you didn't do anything else with that. Gasicki had an all-right game, but you, you, it's the same thing the Giants did early in the season when everyone was healthy. God, I hate that I'm talking about them. They they had <laughs> leads and rather than trying to widen that lead and make your win solidified, they went conservative as soon as they had a lead. And it it was a recipe for losing. In today's NFL, teams are going to score points. So if you get an opportunity to score points early, keep scoring. A la the Rams, thirty-eight to eleven against the Giants. At one point it was thirty-eight to three. And Stafford was still in the game early in the fourth quarter.
0: Seemingly, everyone was still in the game. Everyone was Cooper in the game. Was, Cooper Cup was still in everyone the game. Everyone was in the Bobby game. Bobby Trees was still in the game.
1: Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald in uh, the game. Daryl
0: Henderson was still toting the rock. Did not play well for my uh, hopes that Sony Michelle would get some <laughs> you know, third and fourth quarter run.
1: No, there was nothing left for Sony uh, by the time he got in the game. Especially no. since the Giants had buckled down and said, you're not going to run on us anymore. Um, listen, I... I You didn't need to do that as the Rams against the Giants this week, but in most weeks you need to do it. When you're the Giants in week two against the Washington football team, you need to do that. You need to not have a seven-point lead and feel secure in that when it's the third quarter because that's how you lost that game. Um, Bad plays that happened after that, notwithstanding, that game plan helped them lose that game in a way that Dexter Lawrence is non-offsides because he never looked offsides, actually. Should have never been in that position. So I... If Miami's going to call Deshaun Watson plays the same way they're calling Tua plays, you're going to have it'll have a better outcome because Watson's better than Tua, but that that's not going to solve all your problems. You're still going to have a bad game script. And if you're Houston, God, if you could pull this deal off, like you you have a roster where who on the Houston Texans right now— They are
0: still shedding guys. Yes.
1: Yes, they are. They just are. dropped— um, Merciless should have— When are you Merciless? I can't believe he made it through the offseason. Right. right. Um— if you're the Texans, no, forget about it. The Texans will we'll give you some humdrum answer. You, as a, a football fan, um, looking at their roster, who on that team do you think should even be on that roster in two seasons? Playing I mean, right now.
0: I mean, for the players' sake, I hope Brandon Cooks is not.
1: Brandon Cooks will not be on that team in two no. years. They, he, he's having a good enough year right now that they will trade him off right. for you know a third-round pick or whatever, and he'll be worth it. God, um, that guy's just been... <laughs> consistent.
0: <laughs> and just shipped from one team to the next and continues to produce.
1: Every year. He had one down year with the Rams. It was his second year with the Rams. Other than that, I think the dude has 1,000 yards in every season with the exception of his rookie He's year. He's a very good player. So this is like his ninth year in the league, and he and he has 1,000 yards in all but two of them. And he has played for one, two, three, four... Four or five teams. What team was Brandon Cooks on last year? He was on Texas uh, last year. He was on Texans... team was, He was on the Rams the year before that. Yeah. Okay, so he's played for four teams. Yeah. Feels like more, honestly. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing better than what the Patriots did, where they gave up a first round pick to get him. He helped them, if I'm not mistaken, win a Super Bowl. I um, know uh, they got to the Super Bowl lost. in that 2017 oh, was that the Eagle, year. Yeah. The Eagles Super Bowl they lost. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and but then the next year they said, uh, well. We like him, yeah. but uh, his value is never going to be higher. So give us a first round pick back, uh, yeah. L. A. And uh, so, yeah, we will move on. Like
0: we had no idea where we we're going to do with this first round pick. Anyway. We were hoping to trade it away.
1: L. A. Certainly <laughs> said that. The problem. The problem was I think the uh, Patriots turned that into Nikhil Harry, um, and that is yeah. in no way, shape, or form been. It was either Nikhil Harry or Sony Michelle. Mm. Uh, neither of which has has done much for them. Yeah. So. Um, as so they
0: months. once again turned around to the Rams <laughs> and <laughs> said, What do you what do you give us? For let, me a for <laughs> yeah, let me
1: get a third and fifth. Actually, I think it was a fourth, whatever. Uh the Rams do not care about draft picks. Um it's it's still capital for them. Um it has value, but they use it as value to pad their already uh competitive roster, and no one can argue that it hasn't worked out for them since McVay's gotten there. So um if you're the Texans, if you can turn this into three and a three ones and two twos, my goodness. Good on you. And again, in a regular market, Watson's worth it, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't make that trade if he had no off-the-field issues going on. If he was playing reasonably good ball on a bad Texans team right now, good God, make that trade. But um, that's not what's happening. So you're paying no. premium to, to weather that storm. It doesn't feel worth it.
0: And you just don't know what's going to happen once he's on your roster.
1: No. And, and uh, there's a criminal investigation that obviously we don't know anything about, but it's open. They could find anything from nothing to something so incriminating that he does jail time. It's not a preferable situation for an NFL team giving up their future for what they think is their future, but they have no idea if and when their future is actually going to begin. It's crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. Um, And if you're Houston, uh, I don't know that I blame them for not taking less than they want. They just have to reasonably um, be willing to wait for Watson's situation to clear up unless they don't, unless Miami makes uh, a fool out of my words or any other team and comes along and says, no, 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 we want this guy that bad. And, hey, uh, I hope it works out. I mean, Watson is a hell of a, a talent. Hopefully he's not um, the out-and-out villain that he certainly appears to be.
0: Now, according to Cody Davis, a reporter for ESPN ninety seven five in Houston, He's saying that Washington could be part of a three-team trade involving Tua.
1: So what, like Washington kicks in a one so that Miami doesn't have to? So like... That could be the case. Tua heads there, maybe that Washington kicks in a one and a two, Miami sends them a three, and then uh, Houston gets... Washington's one and two, and Miami's one this year, one next year, two this year, or two next year, whatever. Well, yeah, see,
0: that's where it gets complicated, too, because Miami got picks for the trade with San Francisco pre-draft, and then they also gave up picks, future picks, a future first, to the Eagles. Oh, does Miami when have they...
1: two first-round picks heading into this draft? I'm not even they sure. They gave up one to the Eagles. I believe they do. They have San Fran's. Okay. Okay. No, they don't. They have two next year because they there gave up.
0: So yeah, so maybe yeah they they trade two to Washington for Washington's 2022 first, and maybe something else, and they package that with their future firsts going into 2022, 2023 as part of a deal to land Deshaun Watson. So if they have a lot of moving parts.
1: This here. is very weird. So they have one first round pick this year. Uh, Miami does. And they have two next year, right? So, presumably, you're giving up one this year, one next year. You keep one for next year, which is obviously, you know, at least you're getting one, right? And Mm -hmm. you have to assume it's going to be San Francisco's that they keep because Houston's going to want the.
0: They might be giving that up.
1: What, all three? But then what's Washington getting involved for? Second round – Washington pays up two second round picks for Tua? Listen, if, if you're Washington and you're going to pay two second round picks for Tua Tungavailoa, like I'm, I'm doing that all day. Washington football team, sure. I would be in that deal like gangbusters. Um, and if I could somehow squeeze a fourth round pick as compensation from Miami for kicking in two twos, my goodness, now I'm really stealing. Or a third round pick, whatever. Um, I – if that's the deal that Washington's making, they are finally being managed by someone who knows what the hell they're doing because that is a slam-dunk deal because there is nothing... Here's the problem with the quarterback market. There's nothing apparently wrong with Tua, right? You like his game or you don't. Um, I'll hear both arguments. But if you like his game, then, then the things that you like are... All the things that he's showing in brief snippets that need to be properly developed at the NFL level, there is nothing until the Eagles fabricate a quarterback for this upcoming draft season. There is nothing... That says top ten, top fifteen pick in uh, the twenty twenty two NFL draft at the quarterback level. Now, will teams fabricate a couple quarterbacks? Probably, if they're say if they're desperate. Naturally, to get I mean one. the
0: Texans have the second overall pick, so
1: um, they'll likely. I don't use that
0: for a quarterback. It, right? It's the
1: same problem that the Eagles have. The Eagles have way more talent and just, just things to build around than the Texans do. But it's the same problem with the Eagles. Why? Would you? Why would the first thing that you do is get a quarterback? At least have a functional team around that guy. So if you're the Eagles and you're bad this year with a quarterback that is not playing terrible like Jalen Hurts, right? Why would you rush and get a different quarterback who may struggle under the state of the team currently if you're not going to be making market improvements of said team? Houston has way more problems than the Eagles. And if you're just going to throw a quarterback... David Carr style into that dumpster mm. fire, right? Then you're going to have a David Carr-like result. The guy gets beat up. He flashes talent once in a while, but ultimately you lose patience because he can't get it together. Who could in an environment where it's dysfunctional, um, underdeveloped, under-talented, etc. Cetera, et cetera, right? Like every player is, just like every person, is a product of their environment to some degree, right? There are very few that can come in and, and raise the bar to whatever their level is. I can hardly think of 10. Ten might be high. So you're going to put a young quarterback this season where there appears to be no Trevor Lawrence. It there is no Trevor Lawrence, right, um, into that situation. Of course he's not going to make it through two or three years. And if the Eagles try to do the same thing, then they'll be the Texans in two years. Because Jalen Hurts is good enough to see what you got. So see what you got. And in the meantime, build a great roster around him and let Jalen Hurts tell you through his play, okay, it's time for an upgrade. I, I just, it, it, it seems so simple. Um, if you want to take late-round flyers, mid-round flyers on guys, see what you got. Hey, that sounds like a great idea. Maybe you get lucky, right? Dak Prescott's um, don't happen all the time, but they're out there. They do They do exist. So fabricating, excuse me, a quarterback, I, I can't get behind it. The Giants did it to some degree with Daniel Jones, and I actually believe that Daniel Jones has played his way into being given next year. Um, to see what's up, assuming that the Giants make sweeping change. But if Gettleman and <laughs> Judge roll it back next year, <laughs> you're gonna have the exact same season. It's insane, right? And then I, then I, but I don't necessarily even still want you to move on from Daniel Jones because in that equation of your three most important like head pieces of GM, coach, quarterback, I'm least dissatisfied. I'm most satisfied with Daniel Jones at this point. He's the only one who appears to be what not looking like he has no idea what he's doing. This Rams game notwithstanding, he made a lot of bad plays, but he was also in a desperate situation. And he he, he was getting his ass kicked, too.
0: And there's good reason to believe that he probably should not have played.
1: I, I mean, he passed their protocols, so I guess you can't say that, you know, like scientifically, but yeah, I lean towards the same. Um, and I thought it was... Forgive me for being a realist, but I thought that this was a prime opportunity to sit on Jones because the Rams right. were going to beat your ass no matter what. That Jones could have been fine, and they could have had Galladay and Tony out there, and the Rams were going to beat you by ten plus. You could have put your best effort out mm-hmm. there. You were getting stomped out by the Rams. It was you could s- smell it in the air tonight. You knew it was coming. So why rush him back out there? And granted, he appeared to walk away unscathed. Right? Although you don't know what a three interception beatdown game does to a guy's <laughs> psyche. Jones, if anyone seems impervious to it post Eli Manning, it's Daniel Jones. Um I don't expect it to linger into next week. He does appear to be that guy who can set it and forget it. But it, it, it just doesn't speak to like you know you're bad. You know you're hurt. Why are you putting your guy in that position? Now Judge did at halftime say, I want to see who's going to play for me. I want to see who's... Not me. He didn't use the words me. I want to see who's going to play for this team and finish mm. and play hard. And I actually appreciate that message, right? Like, Judge is annoying, but, I, again, he's not full of shit. So I'll give him some level of credibility. Um, like this idea that he needs to be fired mid season is crazy. This team is not going to perform better without Joe Judge. You want to get rid of Jason Garrett, holler at your boy. Get rid of him. He's <laughs> got to go. But Joe Judge is not the only problem and he's not the biggest problem with this team he's not doing the best coaching job right now he's also dealing with a litany of injuries and other nonsense that's going on like a poor offensive game plan which is ultimately on him even if it is in Garrett's hands Um, so I'd like to see better coaching I'd like to see better everything but um, in that equation if I'm the Giants you got two more years of Jones let it ride right like Mm -hmm. you are not any you're nowhere near looking good and if you – unless you say, okay, next season we're going to bring in two stud offensive linemen. We're going to get a new quarterback, a real one. I'm talking like Rodgers. And I'm, obviously there's no mm. reason to suggest it's going to happen. Let's for argument's sake say that Aaron Rodgers is coming.
0: Russell Wilson has shown interest in, in, the, in the, the New, new York, York, York football yes. giants.
1: And – okay, great. So then obviously you would move on from Jones or keep him for the year as the backup or whatever you want to do. That's fine.
0: Oh, you'd move him. Get
1: rid of – Get rid immediately. Get rid of Garrett. Oh, and Gettleman. I'm sick. It's weird though. Gettleman is still like the Giants are playing like they are because of coaching and and um injuries. That's that's the reason why they're as bad as they are. I can't. I like so they signed Adore Jackson, right? Adore Jackson is. When yeah. healthy, a top ten. Man I, cover I lauded
0: corner. That acquisition It seemed
1: like a great in one.
0: The offseason.
1: It seemed like a great one, especially against the backdrop of what they had done in the second half of last season yeah. when Patrick Graham stopped playing a bunch of soft zone and started playing a lot of man press. You're like, wow, they've really figured out their scheme. Let's bring in a Dory Jackson and Aaron Robinson and really jam this man press home. They play so much soft zone. Uh-huh. Of course, Dory Jackson is terrible in zone. He's horrendous <laughs> in zone. There's no he can't tackle and apparently can't catch in the end zone when it's in his hands. The guy has a skill set. Why are you scheming against his skill set? It makes no sense. Stop putting out what Darnay Holmes. Make Logan Ryan the slot corner safety hybrid that he was born to play. Get Xavier McKinney on the field every snap. Sub in Jabril Peppers as your third down linebacker now that Blake Martinez is out for the year. I, you know, it doesn't seem that simple until it does. And I'm not an NFL coach, so maybe I'm missing something. But boy, seeing that much Tay Crowder and Reggie Raglan on the field really doesn't make a lot of sense when you have a hybrid linebacker for third and longs and Jabril Peppers. But maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. It's frustrating. Um, it's hard to be uh, what a fan of the Giants, the Eagles, the Jets, the Jaguars. <laughs> the Lions. I mean, you you, you want to sell a, me a head coach. Sell me Dan Campbell. That guy appears to be as on the level as a head coach can possibly be. His players clearly want to play for him. Him calling out Jared Goff in a post-game press conference Oh, uh, this is news was to me. awesome. So, he was essentially asked about Goff's play, right, and whether or not he needs to do more. He gave a eulogy-style pause and then <laughs> said, yeah, he really needs to do more. And he said, and that goes for everyone in the locker room. Mm. But, then he, but he continued to highlight that Goff, he's a Goff's a veteran guy, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. And, I mean, he he hitched your horse to Jared Goff. I mean, come on. You knew he wasn't going to carry a team, especially a team devoid of talent. Detroit knows what they're doing, but this guy's not a front office guy. He's the coach, and he's clearly, I mean, the dude, two weeks in a row, is almost crying and standing at the podium after a tough loss. Um, And not in a way where he doesn't know what to do. He's, He's upset for the guys that he knows are putting the work in. And he did say... Different than uh, a week ago, this week he said there were guys that quit in that game, um, and and we're going to talk about it, right? Like he he essentially said that effort was stopped, and he praised the guys who played through to the last whistle. But when he says it, it doesn't sound like BS Joe Judge rhetoric. It sounds like a guy who's telling you what's going on in his locker room, in his team, in his practices, um, in his huddles, and um, it does. It, it I would want everyone would want to play for Dan Campbell at least standing at the podium more than Joe Judge. And I have to assume Joe Judge isn't like that in team meetings and on the sideline. But um, he does not come off as uh, genuine when he is speaking publicly, which uh, the media is going to hate you for that, which is going to lead the fans to hate you for that. So Mm -hmm. it's the curse of being a disciple of Belichick. You think you can do it the Belichick Mm -hmm. way. But Belichick, it's weird. Belichick wasn't that way when he took the Patriots job in 2000. He was a little that way. But he wasn't completely that way, and these guys try to go in and adapt it right away. Actually, Patricia really didn't do it. Patricia just had no idea how to manage a team. Apparently, did you see anything in that Eagle game that gave you? Because uh, your Eagles are two and four, as opposed to my Giants, which are one and five. So mm. that's twice. They're twice as good. Um, <laughs> I don't uh, know if that's true. I don't know if that's true either. But I'm sticking to it. Um,
0: the, it's only true because the record says it is. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, what did Bill Parcells say? You are what your record says you are. Yeah. Um. So, the Eagles obviously not going anywhere fast, um. But were competitive against you know what many believe are certainly the Super Bowl favorite and possibly the best team in football. Um. Did they ever have a real chance to no. win that no, game? No, no, no. Definitely not. But um. The fact actually that it, the there fact was, that a, was there close. was a
0: sliver of a chance when they scored that late touchdown, got the two point conversion, brought it to a six point game. And then, you know, Brady did what Brady does, and he just put together a drive that iced the game. But, I mean, you watched that game, I watched that game. The Buccaneers dominated them through three quarters. The Eagles fought back, made it closer than the game felt like it was. The score was closer than the game ever felt. And that was true for what the the Cowboys game, and...
1: But the Cowboys game was a blowout by the fourth quarter.
0: Right. This was close in the last drive. Same, right, and also same with the Kansas City game.
1: Also a blowout by the fourth quarter, though. <laughs> right. This was close on the last drive. Yeah. And I, no one thought that the Eagles were going to get it done, mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a huge problem with going for two there, even though they, they converted it. Um, What are you hoping to accomplish? You just had, like a huge momentum shift you're literally asking your team right. to do one more thing that if they don't get it they're, you're coming off that amazing turnaround drive feeling bad like yeah, the no, last thing down. you want your team is to feel a letdown after having that improbable um, drive to make it a one score game I understand that you're being aggressive and giving yourself an opportunity to play for the win but is the, to me the cost outweighs the benefit now they made it so there's no reason to, to beat anyone up for it but you won't always make those twos because no one makes twos at a 100% clip um, it's a one play lottery ticket so again, Sir- if you're gonna complain about Sirianni's oh, coaching, it, it's, the play calling. Why is Miles Sanders getting carries late in the game, and he looks great? And he, you're like, well, where was this, right? Like, I was, say he's that every up for 15, game. 16 yards. It's insane. I don't watch Eagle games down for down, though, right? I catch them on red zone. I catch the highlights. I see the the glam plays, of which Miles Sanders has none this year because he's touched the ball a grand total of 27 times. So how, when I'm seeing it on a national game, which I believe was the Eagles' first, and you're just seeing the game flow, and you're wondering, how the hell is this guy not getting more looks? It's insane. And if you want to run an RPO, that's fine. But you have to make a point. Like, if Jalen's running the RPO and he's keeping it, you know, eighty percent of the time, right? Run a goddamn stretch, right? Like you have to keep the pressure uh, off of a young quarterback who is playing well. Like, not in a world. There's too type much
0: on his shoulders, though. It's insane. He, I told you this at the tailgate. He's responsible for more than seventy five percent of the Eagles' offensive plays.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: That's insane. This is a guy who he was making his tenth career start, and
1: on a team that is not built either to have him do that or just for general week-to-week success in that they're not going to – like you would have to have a perfect great game script from the Eagles to beat at least a third of the NFL on any week, right? You know, the top tier of the league. They would have to play a perfect game against Tampa to even have a, sh- a real shot. right? Um, although they did have a shot and didn't obviously play a p- perfect game, so maybe that's a little – Maybe I'm going a little too far, but to beat Tampa, you probably needed a perfect game script executed from coaching and and, and players on down. You can say the same for Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City, um, et cetera, et cetera. The, the real cream of the crop. Why would you ever put him in a position where it's him or nothing, right? It, it just it doesn't make sense. That is what sense.
0: everyone is wondering.
1: And – if you don't want to run against Tampa, because honestly you shouldn't, and they don't actually, this they were a little more pedestrian on offense than they typically. But you have
0: to a little bit to to give those linebackers pause to set up play action to, if nothing else, give Jalen Hurts a play off I, I, where he just takes a snap and he hands it off and he can get ready for the next play.
1: I, I agree with that. In so theory. he's not because
0: every play they were getting pressure. He was escaping the pocket. He was on the move, and then he was making a throw, and then it was. Typically, especially in the first half when after their first series resulted in a touchdown, I think they went punt, punt, interception, punt, punt. Right. It was brutal.
1: And it was all, I assume, the same RPO style. Look for something, you know, five to ten yards downfield, scramble, yeah. keeper, whatever. Um, that it was almost running. all
0: pass. It was, it was RPO it was it was re it was yeah it was run pass option he was keeping it electing to pass and then he was just not making the throws
1: it's it's frustrating and if you don't want to run on Tampa which I totally get throw a screen do something get get him in space somehow run a toss just to get the you know spread him out a little bit i mean their offensive game plan was predictable until that drive that they came back and scored to make it a one possession game. It was only unpredictable in, because they like the ball. ran the ball right and again if you want to pass to set up the run, I'm also cool with that but eventually you are gonna start running right like if you were they had uh the one drive early where they looked really good too and off that drive, that's when you start mixing mixing in. The run, but not RPOs designed run plays. Mm-hmm. It feels very obvious when Miles Sanders. I mean, Devonta Smith's probably your best overall offensive player, but Miles Sanders is likely a close second in terms of
0: big. Yeah, playability. I would say he's um, Devontae's probably the best overall skill player. Actually, you know, Dallas Goddard is very good. He he was he didn't play in that game. Right. He um, it was a COVID related designation for him to be out, but. Miles Sanders is a very talented runner, and he is one who has shown that he can break off long runs, especially later in the game, but
1: gotta you got to give him to, a little work.
0: You gotta and also, like give these offensive linemen an opportunity to attack the defensive line. Now, I wouldn't advise that against the Buccaneers defense, right? right? Like, <laughs> Vita Veya is a tough man to move off the spot. Especially when you know he's he's playing over Jason Kelsey, his and motor
1: he, is insane for his size. Yeah,
0: and then you got Indomit and and we well, got Shaq Barrett, and you got a little JPP.
1: I mean, Joe is, Tryon's playing good balls as a rookie. Yeah, Devin White and uh, Levante David's. I mean, and they're good in coverage. It, it's obviously it's, their front seven's as good as any in the NFL. It wasn't a great matchup for the Eagles, but you'd still like to see them try. Yes. Try to get – make a point. We're getting Sanders touches. Even if – and even if you have to go away from it late in the first half because it's just not working, at least you you put it out there, right? And then you can mix it in later and have some respectability with it. Um, you just pulled up this stat about Hertz's first 10 starts in comparison to Allen and Jackson. And this is an interesting comparison because in the world's best cases for Jalen Hurts, I think some weird hybrid of Allen and Jackson is his ceiling – not with Nick Sirianni calling plays like he is. But um, he's never going to run like Jackson runs, not quite right. anyway. And he's never going to have the arm talent that Allen has. But Agreed. if he had some weird hybrid career of these two, probably at a notch level, I mean, you're probably talking about two of the top five, I don't even know if it's probable at this point, two of the bona fide top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now. If Hurts was playing a tier below them, you'd have a you'd have a five to ten year starter on your hands, whether you're the Eagles or whatever team they give up on him for to trade uh, ill-advised for Deshaun Watson. Or, <laughs> or draft Spencer Rattler second overall. So uh, the stats there are interesting. I think the bigger comparison that it, you can't ignore is what Josh Allen did in his first ten games. In comparison to what hurts or any literally any highly drafted quarterback does or any quarterback period does in their first ten games, Allen is the anomaly. Though They're actually Allen and Jackson are both weird anomalies in very different ways. Right, uh, Jackson because no one has done what he's doing ever before, and they may ne- they may never do it again. Although that once you do it once, someone usually comes and does it again. Um, although it took a while for anyone to run at the quarterback position like Mike Vick a la uh lamar jackson but josh allen is the anomaly in that he was the guy he was the mitch trubisky of that draft boy we love his arm boy we love his athleticism boy we love this boy we love that yeah but he didn't really play much we don't care about that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take this guy anyway and develop him right look how it worked out for mitch trubisky looked how it worked out for blake bortles look how it worked out for name athletic highly drafted quarterbacks that did not have a lot of college playing time and then watched him flounder in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh Allen never floundered, but he sure as hell looked like a project his first, I would say, year and a half. And then towards the end of his second year, he started to really come on with consistency. Right. And then obviously third by his last two years, just fantastic. But he is not – that is not something that just happens. You obviously had the right guy That's in exactly the right, right place with the right coaches right. and the right people around him. I, everything, everything had to go right there. And maybe
0: he – And I, I think – the point you're making also is it speaks to the quality of the organization that they're with.
1: Which is shocking because we're talking about the Bills right now. But yes, they have obviously built since McDermott's gotten there. I was more there, speaking
0: to the Ravens. Oh, oh, but, oh. I mean, Well, the Ravens this are unquestionably new, this, this questionable. This Bills regime uh, under unquality. Sean McDermott and with Brian Dable, I mean, they've absolutely turned that organization around. Since
1: McDermott's gotten there, there's been a clear culture shift. And it wasn't, like I say it was immediate. But the, for his first year, they made the playoffs uh, against all odds with Tyrod Taylor. Um, man in the helm, and then tra- obviously that year they took Allen at seven overall when the Giants took Barkley at two, and maybe Josh Allen was the guy wherever he went within reason he was going to be successful. Maybe he had that that Dan Marino makeup or mm. you know John Elway makeup. Um, he certainly appears to now, um, but you don't know that. There's no way to know that he's in the right spot. I mean, even Mahomes, who looks like there was no world where he wasn't going to be, but everyone said. He went to the right place. Second yeah. he was drafted, they said, oh, he's, Andy Reid is the perfect coach for him, right? Um, now, granted, no one said that about Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and Brian Dable, but that's obviously worked out to a, literally a similar degree of success. Allen's obviously not as prolific as a passer, although he's not that far off, and the run talent is not comparable. Josh Allen's a ridiculous uh, carrier of the football, and he just seems to be getting better and better as a passer. I say all that uh, specifically about Allen to say with hurts is hurts is unique in, in, in himself. He has a, certainly an exceptional uh, athleticism to his game and he's, he's Agreed. not a slouch passing. Um, although he's not rocking anywhere near Josh Allen's not too many guys are arm talent, but even most NFL quarterbacks, I would say he's, he's bottom third of the starters in just raw ability to throw the football. Um, yeah. but you get the athleticism. So that's worth something. You, Lamar Jackson, I thought the same thing going into the season. He's proving me wrong week after week when he's literally coming from behind week after week with timely throws. He had timely throws against Kansas City, against Detroit. He The, the Indianapolis game was literally the best fr- come-from-behind oh. performance in NFL history. I don't know what the Colts were doing on defense because that was a lot of stuff. Did, <laughs> did they have... Uh, Patrick Graham, Moonlight, as their D coordinator (laughs) for the second half of that game because the soft zone that they played was ridiculous. And that's actually, that is the Colts' defense to begin with. Um, They're not hyper-aggressive, but uh, you got to do something, man. He was chewing you up. Jalen Hurts could be some weird hybrid between those two. I think he really just, his ceiling is poor man's Lamar Jackson, especially with Lamar throwing the way that he's throwing. But a poor man's Lamar Jackson might be a, Ten-year, no, it might be a four-year Pro Bowler, right? Like, that's nothing to, to snuff at. The fact you're even drawing comparisons to Lamar Jackson's, of which are currently warranted, um, is worth a lot. I mean, Lamar Jackson was not a world-beater his rookie season, and Jalen Hurts is essentially in his, what, his rookie season, the middle of his rookie season. Yeah. So, um, I, I Lamar went to arguably the second-best organization in football behind New England, Belichick's New England Patriots, um, and and they actually miss on big talent all the time. They just keep it moving. They're the ultimate trust the process. You want to sign a Daly's Thomas and uh, Albert Haynesworth to huge contracts? Fantastic. If they don't work out, see you later. Chad Ocho Cinco and, uh, well, even Randy Moss only lasted three years there, right? Three very huge, prolific years, but he only lasted three years there. They just keep on churning, tr- trading Richard Seymour a year early rather than a year late. It's a, it's a horse of a different color, but Baltimore is right behind them can't say the same for Buffalo, but maybe Sean McDermott's Buffalo Bills will offer a similar level of, um, what, consistency in competition. The Eagles are not there right now, as evidenced by their head coach if no one else, and you yourself a uh, dialed in eagles fan can't stand their gm so um <laughs> <laughs> the ravens had a seamless transition from Ozzie newsome to whatever mm. the hell this guy's name is who has literally just picked up where newsome left off um
0: he probably worked under him for years
1: like a decade and a half there you go um and newsome and was, i think
0: Ozzie newsome is still like an assistant under them. i believe he does have a, a title or, with or, a, or rather not, uh, like a consultant
1: um he also, it's completely worth noting, when he retired from the Cleveland Browns and Belichick was the coach there, immediately got a scouting job with them and learned how to do it the Belichick way, the Belichick Sabin way, to literally turn the Cleveland Browns, turned Baltimore Ravens into a powerhouse defense and team within three years of existence. I know they were the Browns; they took those players with them, but yeah. And his first uh, draft, he took Jonathan Ogden at like fourth overall and Ray Lewis at twenty something. Uh, and they played for the next 15 years as the two best players at their positions, almost undisputed. So uh, that level of consistency is hard to find. Uh, the Eagles don't have that. And how long, how, how long has Howie been GM?
0: I want to say since 2011.
1: That's a long time. It is. And, and there's a Super Bowl win in there, which, I mean, the Ravens, there only, is. Ravens only have two, right? And and double the time, right? More than double the time of the Newsom, whatever the hell the new guy's name is. So... But the consistency, obviously, not right. there. With the Eagles, they, the Jalen Ragers and the J.J. Ortega-Whitesides, those are picks that the Patriots, the Ravens, and I guess today's Bills never make. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills literally drafted uh, Gregory Ruoso to be a spot uh, what? third or fourth pass rusher in an already stacked rotation, knowing that that rotation was getting old and that this guy, what was uh, uh, uh knock? He's not NFL ready. Great. <laughs> Let's have him play third or fourth <laughs> fiddle behind a position that we already have strength, but we know we're going to need a little juice to. That's how you build a good team. That's what the Giants did with Jason Pierre-Paul. Tuck and Yuman Yor are getting a little long in the tooth. Here's this physical freak who can play limited snaps until he's ready to go. Um, And the player matters. Jason Pierre-Paul has obviously uh, been a consistent professional throughout his NFL career with the Giants and um, now with Tampa. Even before Tampa got Brady, he was productive for them. So uh, they got the player right, but that comes from good scouting. Uh, Lord knows what happens in the last three or four years of Jerry Reese's tenure with the Giants. Uh, Not the point of this conversation. The Eagles do not appear to have that level of of consistency uh, oozing out of their pores the way that Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England do.
0: That's exactly right. And I think it's also worth noting that this is now, what, the third or fourth head coach under Howie Roseman? Or
1: This with- is the third because 2011 was the same year that Chip came to town,
0: correct? No, no, Chip Kelly came in 2013. So there was Andy, there was Chip. Andy made it there for was- 2012?
1: Yeah. Oh. That
0: was his uh that was the last year. He had a disappointing year before they gave him one more year and then they cut him loose. It was a mutual like both sides needed it. I mean obviously I would like nothing more than to
1: it's a giant mistake. Have Andy Reid. The Chiefs were immediately competitive the second uh-huh. he took over. And I don't know. I don't, you know, there's so many, inter- you're saying Reid probably wanted out to some degree too. And there's nothing you can do about that. I think he that. wanted a fresh start. There's nothing you can do about that. And things run their course. It's okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it, it's worth mentioning that I believe his oldest son, who was, I do believe, the maybe like a strength and conditioning assistant with the Eagles that year, passed away during training camp. I remember that. So it was, a, it was a difficult year. Things did not go right in 2012 and they were coming off a disappointing 2011 season. I think Andy wanted a fresh start and to a certain degree the team wanted that also. They wanted to find their new head coach and it is what it is and that was Chip Kelly. It worked for a couple years, a couple 10 and 6 years, made the playoffs. Uh, he took over GM responsibilities. Actually had a, one of their best drafts
1: with chip at the helm with
0: chip at the helm um it was
1: the nelson Aguilar draft wasn't it not? was it was
0: nelson Aguilar. it was eric rowe who howie roseman was quick to trade away to the patriots that was Insistent brandon Boykin. Starter. he was a talented player yeah and then it was of course doug peterson and now we're on to and Nick Sirianni.
1: I, I am of the complete belief I've, if someone could have made Chip Kelly understand that there's only 53 men on his roster. Yeah,
0: that would have gone a long and way. And your
1: defensive uh, capital is limited. Uh, he he might still be a successful NFL coach somewhere. Um, I mean, he went to that 49ers team for one year.
0: Yeah, he was one and done there.
1: That was on purpose. That was by design. Like They gave him the opportunity of, hey, if you can turn this dumpster fire around. Um, and make it worth something, you get to keep your job, but uh, you're probably not going to do that. So, see you later. It could be the exact situation that Sirianni or Dave Cauley or Dan Campbell... Dan Campbell feels like a long-term hire, just by the way he's carrying himself. The same can't be said necessarily for the other two guys that I just mentioned. But, you know, things happen. um, If they show enough, maybe they keep their job. Hell, if I'm Houston, I am might keep him for as long as I'm bad. Um, He at least has the team playing for him, which... I'm it's not going to last into November, but uh, the fact that they're still competitive right now is, is worth something. I mean, they're about to get steamrolled by the Cardinals. That's literally who they play this week, the Cardinals. Yeah, I
0: was looking at their schedule. It is not pretty. And, I mean, they just got steamrolled by the Colts. But the
1: Colts are a solid team. They're nothing special, but the Colts are a solid team. But you would like to see in a division game a little bit of competition, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, fight. Uh, I expect them to also have it put to them by the Titans whenever they play, um, which I don't think they've played once yet. Jacksonville lost to them, and by the time they meet again, they might be 1-13, (laughs) 1-14. I think Jacksonville's going to exact a little vengeance um, on Houston. Houston probably won't win another game this year. They could get lucky against some team who uh, underperforms that week, but I mean they got their one win, so they're not going to go down as historically bad. Good on them for doing that. No one likes to see an 0-13 team struggling.
0: It is interesting to know that uh, to Rod Taylor, we'll be back sooner rather than later.
1: But I don't think Davis Mills has been the problem. I mean, Taylor's an upgrade. I'm not saying that Taylor's not an upgrade. But he had a huge game against New England. He played well. Uh, he, t- he, he had a huge game against New England. Yeah, he, he I played, was
0: completely shocked by that.
1: It wasn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, he, he played well in the Carolina game enough to keep them in it. He got steamrolled by Buffalo, but Buffalo was a buzzsaw. What up until oh. this past week, and they played Tennessee tight. I mean, Tennessee is always going to be Jekyll and Hyde as long as Vrabel's there with the current construct of the roster. They're going to show up some weeks and probably be unbeatable. Damn near, no one would beat them that one week. Then the next week, they're going to come out and lay a stinker and lose to the Jets. So, um, th- if Tennessee uh, goes down to Houston on a week where they're willing to lose to the Jets, maybe Houston squeezes out a second win there. But in general, um, you know, you've got a, a castaway team. I mean, God, the old names on mm-hmm. Houston. And I don't even talk about, like, obviously Mark Ingram's very successful running back in this league. David Johnson was successful for a few years. Those are big-name guys that have gone to Houston to extend their career. There's guys that keep popping up, like Chris Moore, um, who had the big game against New England. That guy was a fourth or fifth receiver on Seattle right towards the end of their their dominant years. And you were like, all right, this is this is the next guy. up. This is the next Doug Baldwin, right? And he wasn't, obviously. But now he's still kicking around an NFL roster. Um, it just happens to be the sub-NFL in Houston uh, for the next couple of years. And he won't be on that team. Talk about guys that won't be there in two years. Every na- player I just named is not going to be on that team in two years. I don't know of any player. I'm sure there's mid-round picks from this year and last year who will do enough to stay on the team. I don't know of any player that I know on the Houston Texans right now that I expect to be on that roster in two years. Don't know him. Maybe the uh, wide receiver they took in the third round, Nico Collins. I could see him turning into a respectable NFL wide receiver. Nico Collins.
0: Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil's
1: getting traded at some point. Or cut, because his contract's huge. If they can't trade him, they will cut him. They would have to become competitive. I I don't see Tunsil making it past this offseason. They could make a deadline deal for him where they pay some of his money. They're going to go for that, too. They could get a second-round pick for Laramie Tunsell right now.
0: Eh, third. He's banged up.
1: Yeah. He is a good tackle. He's just, you know, an O-line is a sum of its whole parts. and You can't have Tunsell and four garbage men out there and expect it to um, to be a um, successful venture every week, every down, every drive consistently. Um, I just saw stats for Case Keenum, who is officially starting for the Browns. You were Correct. Um, and he is uh, – God, they are going to get steamrolled by Denver, which is crazy. He has a career-losing record, but his passing um, numbers are respectable. He obviously had that gift year where he took Minnesota all the way to the NFC Championship game to lose to your birds. Um, but I actually, going into that game, thought the Vikings were going to win because I thought top to bottom their roster was better, and I was giving them a fair shot to potentially win that Super Bowl. I was just wrong about which backup quarterback was going to get it done. It was it was Big Dick Nick, not uh, – a. Mm. Not consistent case. Um, case Keenum's no slouch though. I, I I think if they had more going on around him, he may um he may have had a real shot. Well maybe he does have a shot to win this game. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Odell Beckham has a monster game. I'm I'm just I'm just feeling it in the water. Odell Beckham is gonna have a monster game. It would game. make
0: a ton of sense for them to feed him.
1: It makes a ton of sense for the duo with Baker and he can't hit the guy when he's wide open.
0: I can't with it. Having pass catchers dependent on Baker Mayfield, I just can't do it.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't. It is. It's like having
0: Miles Sanders as your running back under Nick Sirianni. (laughs) I mean, it is just like you were just praying for targets, and then when you get one, it's just off.
1: And yet Jarvis, since going to Cleveland, he has not produced anywhere near his Miami numbers. No. But he's also far exceeded what you expected from him each of the first two years he's been in Miami as a second fiddle to Odell. He has, and granted Odell has not played for all of those two years, but Jarvis seems to consistently get targets from Baker. Now they're, they're Jarvis targets. They're inside of 10 yards and you know, they're not a lot of red zone targets and he's not busting a lot of, of big plays, but he's a consistently good uh, playmaking receiver underneath and, For Baker Mayfield, that's apparently endlessly valuable. And if he's going to play tomorrow night, Case Keenum's not lightening up with his arm. Jarvis Landry also sounds like he's going to be a huge beneficiary of Case Keenum. I just there's something there's when I say huge game, I don't think Odell Beckham's going to have a 200 yard game. I mean, Odell Beckham's going to look like a fantasy relevant wide receiver for the first time all season. For the first time, Baker Mayfield's not starting for the Browns. Um, A touchdown. I'm calling sure. it. He's going to have a touchdown, and he's not I had like one all season. Landry, I think Landry and Beckham have good, respectable games. that keep uh, Denver in it, but I, I do think they lose. Um, I just think that Denver's too consistent. I don't want to use the word good, but consistently – they consistently execute their game plan on both sides of the ball, and Cleveland is not going to have enough on the offense to, what, stop the defense from making enough plays on them. That's my opinion. I it, It's going to be close enough that – could it could go either way because Casey? I don't think Case Keenum's a bum, like he's not. This is not Mike Glennon trotting out there.
0: No, and you know, for my sake, for my sake, if they were playing tonight, I might be forced to play that Cleveland defense.
1: The Cleveland defense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Don't
0: feel confident in it whatsoever.
1: I'm feeling incredibly confident about the Denver defense that I'll be playing, um, but I actually held them hoping that the Raiders would have a letdown last week with mm, the Gruden nonsense. Yeah. The exact opposite happened, and <laughs> uh, Denver got steamrolled. Yeah. But it's a Thursday night. Thursday night, typically defenses show up. Oh, that is it's changing in the last couple of years. It's um, in Cleveland, but does that matter? Cleveland's Cleveland is rough right now.
0: Bridgewater has got... He got banged up a little bit. He's got a he took a he's got a foot injury. Uh no offense well, coming God, in banged Drew, up.
1: I'd rather have Case Keenum than Drew Locke.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I, I would if if Drew Locke were playing, I would I would start the Cleveland defense with confidence. He's definitely gonna give you a pick or two.
1: I don't think there's any talk of Teddy not playing though. I don't think so. He'll probably be Judy ready to is go. not playing, so you're rolling with Courtland. Which Sutton, is good.
0: Man. I got him on my he's been on my IR slot, just get healthy. You don't need to come back early for a Thursday game in Cleveland where the weather probably not going to be great. They play on grass. You're coming back from a high ankle sprain. Don't risk it.
1: The one thing that Cleveland doesn't let teams do typically is run the ball, and that's the only thing Denver wants to do. Um, the only real success that, that uh Denvers had throwing the ball was week one against a horrendous Giants team. And that was after they had done a decent job of establishing the run. Although not really. They honestly threw uh, at will early in that game and often. Um He gets wrong, Cleveland though, and uh maybe that's where Denver goes. I don't know. I just I don't see I this is gonna be this game's gonna be ugly. This is gonna be ugly. I'll uh, take ugly. This game is gonna be ugly.
0: I'll take ugly. Boy, if
1: Nick was playing,
0: I, I, you know, I, I, could have used the benefit of them just taking time off the clock, long drives, them just battering them in the trenches.
1: Chub, I, Club could have rocked it hard on Thursday night, but uh, it's not happening. He's obviously been declared out as well. Um, and then this weekend, um, what we're we're down six teams, so that's three games that we're missing. And um, I don't know, is there any is there any premier? good games this week i I don't um the giants the giants will lose to the panthers except the way the panthers are playing they might do just enough to let the giants feel like they can win and then they'll they'll clutch defeat from the jaws of victory in the waning moments (laughs) of the game the uh let's see the 49ers are playing the colts i won't say that's interesting chiefs titans could be interesting yeah i mean Um, we can
0: we can surely expect Derek Henry to run all over that defense. Chicago's
1: going down to Tampa. There's some part of me, I do not think Chicago's going to win this game, but there's some part of me that thinks that this is closer than the state of those two teams would make it think. Chicago's still got a good defense, and they stifled Brady last year. Uh, the Rams are hosting Detroit. Uh, back that That's the matchup, a matchup of a Goff against the Rams and uh, Stafford against the Lions in L.A. Um, and the, I mean, the Lions are just going to get steamrolled. You'd like that to be um, competitive. It likely won't be. We got the Bengals playing the Ravens, which I do expect that to be competitive, although the Ravens seem to get better every week, not worse. The uh, Patriots will just roll the Jets. The football team will likely get rolled by the Packers, although that's another game. There's something about Green Bay I just don't trust. Um, I, I know they're good. They're going to win the North. They're going to be in it. Rogers playing great. They could make a run, but it's just something about it I, I, I don't see. The same level of completeness that I'm seeing from Arizona from Tampa Bay from uh the Cowboys I mean the Dallas Cowboys might be the best team in football that pains me to say, but boy do they do everything they do everything they're eh, they're not great at stopping the run but they're not bad at it I, they're like they're doing enough to win games in all three phases the oh here we go and Seattle is hosting New Orleans ooh-hmm. It's in Seattle. Geno did get it together the second half of that game, but I I can't. They looked bad. They were playing Pittsburgh, though. I don't know. That's that's rough. And then uh, I think that's every game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I totally forgot that the uh, Raiders were hosting the Eagles.
0: That's right. What's the game of the week? I would say (laughs) – Chiefs-Titans.
1: I would say Chiefs-Titans. I actually think that Tennessee's going to get on a little run here. I do think they're still going to lose to Kansas City because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Kansas City. Um, I think they're home. The Titans are? Yeah. Oh, my mistake.
0: Short trip either way.
1: Yeah, no. The the travel – actually, is a very short trip. um, But the travel, not so much. Yeah, they are. They are um, hosting the Chiefs. The Titans – Boy, if Derrick Henry takes over that game, I mean, he is going to... Actually, the Chiefs have stopped the run reasonably well, but I think it's got more to do with the fact that teams can't run when they're down, Um, although three of those teams have uh, beat the Chiefs fairly handily this year in all three of their losses. Um, I would say Chiefs-Titans. I mean, you want to pick the storyline of, um, what, Rams-Lions, but the Lions are not competitive. I mean, and Goff is not... It's not like Stafford... Is going on the bad team and is you know maybe Stafford has a huge game and makes this a shootout it's Goff going back to the good team that uh, no the only quarterback uh, less exciting to me no actually it's it's Jared Goff there's there well maybe Zach Wilson um, <laughs> there's nothing to look forward to in Jared Goff whatsoever the fact that the Lions uh, that's how they, they they had to give the Rams a third third round pick if the guy, no, they had to give the Rams a third. I'm sorry, the Rams had to give the Lions a third, a third right. round pick for taking. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you got to have them. Take the whole. Here's another one. Just, just take them. Just have them. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I disagree. The game of the week is going to be Baltimore Cincinnati. Okay,
0: that's fair. I'll I, I that.
1: actually think Cincinnati. I don't playoffs probably. May, maybe. I mean, you know, any team could. Get in if they play well enough, and they've they've played pretty good. Um, But if you want to believe in Cincinnati, um, you got to see them at least make this, you know, a nail biter of a game. If not, pull out the victory over. But Baltimore's doing ridiculous stuff right now. I mean, their shellacking of the Chargers um, was shocking, uh, convincing—all the words, right? I mean, he threw early. They somehow they didn't really run well against. L. A. They were just able to do it, you know, like they were able to execute runs when they needed to. It's not like the efficiency was there, but they dismantled that offensive game plan. Herbert had no idea what to do, and he's a young quarterback. You know, you forget uh, everyone's talk about the training was coming off Burrow. Herbert has played the exact same amount of time as as Burrow. He's played a couple more games because of Burrow's injury, but Herbert um, is not the uh, finished product that he's probably going to be, which is scary because he's pretty damn good. Um, and then, of course, I'm looking forward to a Giants loss uh, and a Bears loss, so that the Giants get two top ten picks, and uh, hopefully not not turn them, not fabricate them into a quarterback coming out in this Imagine draft. that
0: the Eagles and the Giants holding five of the ten <laughs> top ten picks in the first round. That
1: I, I actually think Indy's going to be too good <laughs> to have a top ten pick for them, um, just because they're in a bad division and they're they're a competitive team. But that would be even four top ten picks. them to squander
0: Mm -hmm. so we are recording this on wednesday night uh it's just about eight o'clock tip off is moments away so i will close with this t's and p's thoughts and prayers for uh two different players uh we'll start with caleb farley corner for the titans who was a first round pick highly lauded corner come out of virginia tech with an injury history making his first career start against the Bills, tore his ACL. Devastating. Devastating for the player. Devastating for the team. Uh, Just disappointing to see. The other would be going back to those uh, Baltimore Ravens. Ronnie Stanley uh, will undergo season-ending surgery on his ankle. again. Tough to see. That's
1: terrible. That's
0: unfortunate. Um, Shoot, they... They kicked him over to left tackle and they moved on from Orlando Brown from Orlando Brown uh, to make him their starting left tackle. unfortunate to see, certainly going to be missed. Both players will be and you know we wish them a quick and speedy recovery.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to uh, affect them dramatic. I did not know about the Stanley injury at all. I didn't even know that he walked out of that game. Uh, hurt in any way. Um, Those ankle
0: injuries are tough, man. And they're tough to come back from. And they're easy to, um, you know, have like a regression from. And it's easy to re-injure them. And that's why, you know, this plagued Lane Johnson for years. And, I mean, it's not great when he says, you know, my ankle collapsed.
1: Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, uh, wish him the best. But is there anything you want to close with?
1: Um no. I am uh unfortunately finding my way out of this season already. The Giants have, <laughs> have sapped me of all my ability to care. It's it's not that they're bad. It's a little bit that they're bad. It's a lot of bit that they're bad. But it's it's that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Um they can, We're
0: talking to you, Nick.
1: <laughs> yeah, him too. They um they continue to, to trot out the same uh, philosophy, in the same type of personnel people. I mean, Dave Gettleman seems as dated as John Gruden um, with apparently none of the negative personality traits, thank goodness. Um, well, but, they haven't released all the emails they yet. They haven't released all the emails <laughs> yet. That's true. Um, and uh, Joe Judge seems to be walking a line in that direction. I'm not as dissatisfied as Judge as apparently the field is. Um, I can't say I'm happy with them, but you know they're a one in five team. You're not going to have a lot to be happy with. I will shine a little shade in the direction of Leonard Williams, not for feeling the way that he feels, but for just being as tone deaf as it can possibly be. He complained uh, after Sunday's loss that he was getting booed. Not he specifically, that the team was getting Mm. booed. Um, And he acknowledged that the fans have a right to do it. He wasn't being uh, aggressive or shitty about it. He just, he said, you know, I don't like it. Uh, we don't boo. What did he say? We don't boo salesmen when, when they're bad at their job. It's mm. Like, dude, like that is, that's not irrelevant. You got to take this on the chin, right? Like, if you win a game... If you win a game, you will be cheered, right? Even at the end of the season when we'd prefer you to lose for the draft pick. If you go into MetLife Stadium and win a game, you will be cheered. This is true. So, I I it's it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to not just give a little head shake to that. Doesn't make him a bad guy. I actually like Leonard Williams a lot. He's underperformed like most of this defense has cuz they were supposed to be shut down. But um yes, yeah, that uh The Giants uh, just seemingly more tone deaf by the week.
0: (laughs) Um, So, you know, I will close with this going back to um, T's and P's that left someone out. Your boy, Dawson's Creek, Dawson Dawson Knox with that hand fracture. Thoughts and prayers. He will be missed.
1: He will not be out long, allegedly.
0: I hope that's true.
1: He said be back soon. He actually threw that two-point conversion with the hand fractured, which is incredible. Could I see him missing a couple weeks absolutely? Oh yeah. It seems logical. Um I would yeah, if he's playing in week 9 because they're on a bye, um, if he, Or, if am sorry, week 8, if he's playing, hell, if he's playing in week 9, I'll probably be surprised. <laughs> but I actually that would be truly I don't shocking. think it's going to extend much past that based on what everyone is saying, the coach, the player himself, um, you know they're not going to actually address it for real until the I say, you know you can't over. trust these
0: coaches. Well, n-
1: uh Kevin Stefanski said that there's no way this extends past last week for Dick Chubb, and here he is out already. So, yes, coaches are categorical liars. Um, But in in all seriousness, I think that he will return – I would by December. I think he'll be back and not limited, assuming nothing else. Okay, that's that um, seems fair. And I think he'll return well before December in general. I just don't, you know, limited snaps. They're not targeting him. He's out yeah. there. It's hard to say that Dawson Knox is going to be a decoy in the Bills' offense. <laughs> so I don't actually expect that to ever be the case because they'll just not throw to him. You know, it's not a it's not an issue. Um, they've had no problem not throwing to Stefan Diggs all year, and they're still lighting it up Mm -hmm. um obviously stefan ate a little bit on uh
0: that was nice to see i've been waiting for it
1: but the next week it's going to be gabriel davis or uh emmanuel sanders right like they have no need no need and actually the same is true in arizona i mean deandre hopkins has yet to have a double digit target game he led the nfl with 160 targets last year so um he, uh, he's he been productive, D-Hop, has been incredibly productive, just like Diggs has, and D-Hop's been a little more productive than Diggs has, but the volume is not there because it doesn't need to be. You want to bracket Hopkins? Fantastic. Here's Christian Kirk. You want to bracket Diggs? Fantastic. Here's Cole Beasley, right? And,
0: uh, well, and here's Zach Ertz getting open in the shallow zone. Here's
1: Dawson Knox uh, running <laughs> up a seam, un- uncovered by all of Kansas City's defense. Good teams uh, find ways to have good players. Uh, The Giants and Eagles are not suffering from uh, any such similar symptom. So, for Anthony, I'm Matt. This has been the Football Heavy Podcast. Please
0: rate, review, and subscribe uh, in your local app store. Stay heavy.